Welcome, citizens of the globe, to the Front End Heroes podcast, where we discuss all things villainous and heroic about the front end of software development. My name is Evan Payne. I'm a senior front end developer at Actimo, and with me, as always, is my co host, Scott Francis, a senior front end engineer at Porsche. How are you doing, Scott? Yeah, really well, thanks. Um, excited as ever to record uh, the, to record the podcast, um, and honestly, like thankful it's uh, Friday and I actually get to stay in bed for a, for like maybe twenty minutes longer tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, not too much longer, but twenty minutes. Yeah, and even though it's been a little rainy, the weather shifting is nice as well. Getting towards eh, not summer, but spring, and it's pleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today's episode is sponsored by Netcentric, an award-winning Adobe Global Alliance partner and consultancy headquartered in Switzerland with offices all over Europe as well as in Pune, India. Uh, They're currently hiring for a number of roles in the software development kind of landscape. So if you're looking for work, check them out. We are as ever so glad to have their support with this show. Uh, Today we have a guest. Uh, He is an independent product designer and front-end developer from Palestine and author of the book Debugging CSS. Uh, please welcome Ahmad Shadid. Will you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about how you got started as a frontender? Sure thing. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, uh, so my name is Ahmad. Um, like uh, I started out, I think uh, eight years ago. Um, so uh, I, like um, I started out uh, as uh, let me say, uh, like um, um, uh, like um, I think in the UX thing. So, um, like I started to uh, design like logos and websites and uh, like, and so much on. And I think, um, like in 2014, um, I like, um, I thought to myself and, uh, why actually, um, like you won't learn CSS because, um, I like, um, I think that uh, at that time, um, uh, like we was working uh, on something. And um, the person uh, who actually was uh, in charge uh, of the HTML and CSS, um, uh, 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 like he told me, uh, this bit, uh, like uh, this bit of your design, um, it cannot actually be done uh, in CSS. And like I asked mm-hmm. myself why. Uh, so I said, um, um, yani, uh, it's fine. So we can actually um, um, uh, like maybe ch- change it to something else. So um, I remember that uh, in July 2014, uh, like I started uh, learning CSS. So um, like I did, um, I think uh, I did a daily practice for almost uh, two years. So uh, in each day, uh, like um, like I researched some, um, something about CSS, or maybe um, uh, like researching. Uh, let me say um, like and how to do uh, certain things. Um, and yes, um, uh, let me say, uh, I think uh, like a few years uh, later, uh, like I started blogging about it. And that's that's actually the whole uh, yeah. story. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. And that's why we, uh, that's why I suggest we invite you on the show as well, because uh, your blog posts came to my attention. I don't remember for sure which one it was. I can maybe find it later on in the, in mm-hmm. the episode. Um, but it was such a thorough breakdown of a CSS topic. And, you know, when you're a developer, you know, you, you've used this properties or these sets, but not in that sort of, like, you'd really take the time on all the topics you write to really break it down, 
make sure you have yeah. really good examples and your design skills sh shine through as well because they're visually compelling articles as well, mm -hmm. which yes. really appreciate. Um, I immediately recommended it to my team to read. I was like, you guys think you know this, thing, <laughs> but please check this out. You'll know it even better. Um, so Thank yeah, that, 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 that's uh, one genesis. I think it's also really cool to hear that I think as front-enders, we're often the ones saying to d designers exactly that. Yeah, that, yeah, you can't, we can't do that. CSS doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, so it's nice to hear someone that said, yes. well, I need to prove that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I, let's see if that's true. Yeah, I love that, I love that you were just like so frustrated as a designer. You decided, like, no, no, I'm going to find a way. And, and boy, <laughs> did you. <laughs> How did you... Um, so, I mean, you said you were studying a lot every day and you're very uh -huh. thorough on these, but at what point did your articles become, you know, I don't know. I see them as sort of great reference material beyond sort of the MDN articles on these same topics. And so I wonder how you approach them, how you choose the topics to write about. Uh, uh -huh. We can start there and go a little further. Uh -huh. Okay, sure. Um, uh and uh, let me say that I like uh, picking something uh, to write about um, is like uh, most of the time uh, it's like uh, related um, uh, maybe to either something um, uh, something that uh, I'm working on or mm -hmm. uh, something that I really want to dig into or something actually that um, uh, that uh, let me th uh, let me think that uh, maybe I um, like. Uh, I know it, but uh, not uh, that deep. So it's um, it's uh, all about uh, learning and actually uh, taking notes of the things that I learn. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think uh, maybe the article that I initially came upon was last year, this uh, CSS variables or custom properties. Um, because I had been using them. Uh, finally, I got free of Internet Explorer, uh, so I felt comfortable using them, and I really liked them, but I hadn't seen a lot of use cases for um, really using them in depth, but you, you pointed out a few really clean cases um, yes. right off the bat. Um, yeah, if you have anything further to say about specifically that. So the first one was you know last uh, October, okay. I guess. Uh Okay, so uh, that's, uh, I think that uh, I published this maybe in uh, October, I think. Um, and uh, the fact that, um, that, that we can actually finally uh, get rid of, uh, of, uh, I, uh, of IE10, uh, like it's time to use them. So, um, um, so, uh, so there's, there's actually, uh, let me say like, um, uh, maybe a sort of a pattern, um, which is like uh, most uh, most devs um, like use them only uh, for um, uh, like uh, for saving. Um, uh, let me say like uh, tokens, like uh, font sizes or or um, or uh, maybe colors and such things. But uh, that's actually uh, not taking uh, the full potential of them because. Uh, we can uh, we can do so much things uh, with them, uh, um, uh, uh, like for example, uh, we can uh, change uh, a specific value. Uh, maybe um, like uh, if the view, 
uh, like maybe uh, if the board uh, like width um, is actually uh, larger than uh, something else, or uh, maybe you can actually uh, change uh, maybe the font size, um, maybe the font size of a pseudo element, um, like uh, by saving um, like by saving a variable uh, to the parent of it, and then we can actually um, like uh, we can uh, we can we can actually access. Um, like this parent and it will be reflected on the pseudo element so um it's not only about like using them uh, for uh, like for saving things like a spacer or uh, uh like our or font sizes and uh, actually i wrote something uh maybe in the last two days um mm -hmm. that is uh, that is only about this thing so uh actually uh it is uh, titled uh, practical use cases so, um, like in this article, uh, you'll find, um, uh, like, uh, all sorts uh, of uh, use cases that, that are not only about full sizes and colors and such things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that as well. Uh, Scott, I wanted to toss it to you briefly as well as, Hey, have you gotten a chance to use many custom properties in your coding yet? Do you know what? Um, <clears throat> I haven't actually, uh, in, in projects because the, I kind of feel that I was, going that way because the last project that I was in we just um, uh, before I changed jobs we just checked we just dropped support for ie11 but yeah. I was super interested in in them when I saw them um, and uh, at one point I got to um, to do kind of a um, an advanced class for uh, a new group of people new group of developers um, that we had in the company um, and I actually took that as the opportunity to to learn about um css variables um and actually um incorporated them into a lesson i was like really 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 pleased with like um the things that i discovered like the that we could actually um set the set the properties at the in the root and then yeah as you say like really manipulate things like further down like the cascade um just by changing these single properties. And I thought it was like really, really interesting use case. And it was like a pleasure to actually be able to show other people that as well. Um, but they're definitely something that I would, um, that I would advocate for in the future. Um, and I definitely yeah. will be using them in like, my current project. I think the, um, the thing that stood out the, the most to me, which I think we as um, Western centric developers often forget to think about. And, but in your, in your example was, um, adding a quick, easy fallback or support directly for, you know, uh, left to right uh, languages in the browser mm -hmm. uh, instead of just our normal, you know, um, right to left or, you know, vice versa, RTL versus uh, LTR. Yes. Um, and that's how often I talk about it. <laughs> we get the terminology <laughs> right. Um, but the idea is, you know, you can have, you know, uh, imagery, so you have a picture on the right and text on the left, mm -hmm. but that looks fine to us in a certain like layout, but in uh, the emphasis becomes on one side or the other, right? Um, and if you set using a custom property, one of these CSS variables, if you want, use that inside the actual like background position, background element positioning, then way up higher in the cascade, you just change a single property uh, or add another class or whatever, and it trickles all the way down using these uh, to the wherever it is. I, I love that about it the most is that these kind of things become so much easier. Yes, it's maybe missing a little bit of a 
if you want a framework, something to make sure you're not making mistakes. I think they develop that over time with the IDEs like VS Code. They're going to give more support for these things so you really can trace it down. Mm-hmm. But still, that it's there and you can start thinking about it already, it, it's just an excellent tool. Yes, yes. Besides that, um, what is another thing that I think we're all excited about lately and I want to get your take on it is container queries. Um, It's been a long time coming um, and you wrote some stuff on this as well. Uh, What has been your take on not just why we need it, which we can for sure rehash, but how the CSS syntax actually is coming about? Like, How do you feel that it's, is it comfortable? Is it scary? Are people going to take forever to learn once it comes out? (laughs) Uh, okay, uh, for me, uh, the syntax uh, is actually uh, very, st- um, it's like uh, very easy to, uh, uh, let me say, use. Um, like the first thing you need um, like is to define um, a, a, like the container property um, uh, on the Barrett element. And then uh, you can uh, like start using um, a, like a at container and then maybe uh, main with X and so on. So I think uh, the syntax um, is very clear. Um, but let me say, uh, like, like if we convert it, uh, like, uh, to, um, uh, uh, like to the media query thing, um, I think uh, it's very cons- consistent with it. So um, like, uh, I don't think that um, like it, like it will be a confu- confusion point or something. Um, and that's it. Yeah. yeah, your your article was actually my first introduction to it. Um, I, I read that the other day. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I think, like, yeah, it does look it does look um, really straightforward to use. It does look um, like something that we can all get on board of, uh, on board with. But um, as Evan said, like we've been waiting around for it for for a long time, so it's like really pleasing to see that it's uh, it's finally happened and we can kick some JavaScript out that was perhaps doing that for us before um, and get it into the CSS, which is like, super nice. Yes, I think um, there is. Um, uh, the, um, I think that uh, now, like uh, we have a um, uh, like we have a bully, bully full, uh, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, bully fill, um, uh, which can actually be used. Um, like I think um, this will help. Like um, um, let me say uh, in the adoption, um, like of this. So instead, like of waiting maybe until one or two years, um, like uh, we can use. Uh, like we can use it now, I mean, to, um So I think that this this will make things much much easier. Yeah, I um I had given a talk last year at one point, uh, just for a meetup. But uh, also, it's the, the only video I have on my YouTube channel, and it, so it has a bunch of views because it's the only video. Um, mm-hmm. But in there, I'm talking about Svelte and Svelte has this thing that made it really trivial to implement a container query within, and it's using JavaScript, of course, but it was just, they have a sort of like resize observer built into every component, or you can switch it on for every component. And then if it resizes, it will change a CSS class, which you can then use the custom properties to cascade through and change, uh, et cetera. So you don't write the actual media query, but it's still, it's JavaScript. But the idea is that the JavaScript can be very lightweight to implement what a container query really is, which is to say, hey, what's the size of my parent? If it's this, I want to run this CSS. 
If it's this, I want to run this CSS. Mm -hmm. Same as mm -hmm. what is the browser with a media query. If it's this, I want to run this versus this. Um, so the CSS or the JavaScript being so lightweight means that a polyfill is an excellent thing. You know, um, I forget the guy's name. Um, I'm terrible about looking these th things up in advance, but I remember St Scott Talinsky did a video just a few days ago on this just a few days ago released polyfill that people like Miriam Suzanne like very mm -hmm. much endorsed and it looks like a good start. So, Yes. Uh, so um, I think the name uh, uh, is uh, Jonathan Nail. Right. Um, he actually, um, uh, I can actually uh, provide a link um, like for you to check it out like yeah. uh, in the chat. There we go. Yeah, we'll add it in the show notes. Yes. Cool. Very good. I, I I really think it's it's an exciting time, and and Scott will remember uh, at our company that we worked at together previously, we had one year Rachel Andrew come and speak to us about CSS Grid, um, and this feels like the same thing. Like Rachel Andrew had pushed to get CSS Grid adopted and get it like cross browser standardized and all of that, and it feels like the same thing has happened here with again, Miriam, Suzanne, um, yes. and container queries. And it's just the best. And we're waiting for like a couple of other small things. And then, yay, we're all, we're all good. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. I think um, uh, like um, uh, this thing will actually change how we design for the web. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, like when we uh, like design, uh, let me say, uh, uh, maybe like, um, like a card component, um so uh, uh, so uh, so like we used to maybe have um uh, like up maybe to five uh, variations of it but with uh, like uh, with container queries we can we can actually contain uh, like every very um uh, like every variation for like for a specific width which is um like uh, like which is really amazing so um yeah yeah I really like this thing and uh, I think uh, uh, Miriam asked uh, like a question maybe yesterday or the day before, um, which uh, which was actually mm -hmm. like if we blessed um, like if like if if we blessed a component uh, like in a parent that actually doesn't have the like uh, that uh, doesn't have the contain uh, like uh, what will happen? Mm -hmm. So I think uh, the first answer was like. Uh, it will default uh, to the viewport size, um, which is uh, which is I think bad. Uh, the second one, um, yeah, I don't think that. Uh, um, I cannot actually uh, recall this. Um, like, uh, but uh, like, mm -hmm. but the right thing to do was actually um, maybe uh, to design um, uh, to design a component uh, to be mobile first. And then uh, whatever happens, um, it cannot be, uh, let me say, uh, that bad. So that's um, that's actually yeah, my favorite. I, I think that's great. I, I always reminds me of um, kind of the first front end conference I went to was um, in Italy, and I saw Jeremy Keith was speaking, and mm -hmm. he was talking about how. I'm sure I've mentioned this in the show before as well, Scott, so sorry, um, or listeners, sorry. Uh, but he was mentioning that the web is resilient, and the idea is that HTML works because it's a resilient language. If you type something wrong, it doesn't fall apart like JavaScript can. Um, oh. And it's also responsive by its nature, yes. with the exception of like images and like one other thing. 
it is already mobile first. Um, so this would just be reinforcing that. And to all the people that don't write their code mobile first, well, yeah, you'll now have one more hurdle to jump over to make it uh, do what you want it to within these container query fallbacks. Some, something that I'd like to, to ask, though, is like, you um, put in your designer hat on. So you're like now back in the design world. We have this. We have container queries. How quick to adopt like new CSS things like this is like, the design community? Are they just as aware of um, new things that are coming out? And do they get as excited as, uh, as the developers? Because for sure we see opportunity. But if we're presented by designs from a design team and they're not incorporating like container sizes then mm -hmm. then pretty much we know that it's there but we don't get to implement it because uh, there's no call for it from the designers so uh, in general do you do you remember design the design community being like in touch with css um so much um uh, that actually uh, depends um i like on the person um but uh, let me say like uh, generally speaking, um, like the most, uh, like uh, the most designers, like um, uh, like I have ever worked with, uh, like I have uh, um, like did with them things in the past, um, like have a, a, let me say um, a, like a very basic uh, CSS knowledge. So um, it's it's actually a bit rare like to find uh, someone who is um, like who. Uh, like uh, no CSS, uh, like uh, as uh, as um, like equal like uh, to his uh, design design skills and so. Yeah, that's that's, that's interesting. I mean, like, do you mm -hmm. think that um, they kind of seem like natural uh, partners to me? So, like, do you think that of all the perhaps of all the disciplines that we have as front enders, that that designers really should like know the capabilities? And do you think that that's like something that would come into play more in the future, like as a requirement for being a designer, that you would be aware of of these things? Because it, it seems to me like they're really useful tools in the toolbox, but then if you don't actually know that they're there, then do you ever reach for them? Uh, yes, yes, I think. Um, uh, uh, let, me, uh, let me say at least like for me, uh, the best thing I, I, I actually did um, is like learning CSS. Um, is is like learning CSS uh, because uh, let me say like uh, let me say like before that um, like when when um, when when like I'm working on something um, it's like um, it's like everything is possible so uh, you uh, you actually don't have um, uh, maybe limits or or or, or uh, maybe. Or uh, maybe let me say uh, boundaries or something. Um, and uh, when it comes like uh, to someone who will uh, who who will actually code this, um, uh, at this stage uh, he will say that um, uh, this this thing can't be actually done in CSS and this thing and this thing. So uh, you will uh, uh, so uh, like you will you will end um, like you will you will end up like taking more time and thinking. Um, uh, maybe uh, more, um, uh, uh, more. Uh, uh, I think. Um, um, I think. Yeah, uh, it's about like taking more time, like to uh, to fix all of these things, and then come up, and then come uh, come back with them. 
So uh, that process um, is actually very, very bad, at least for, for me. And what I see good is that, like, uh, if you know CSS, uh, at least, um, like, very basic skills, uh, it will help you a lot in, like, designing, um, like, um, like something that can actually work um, instead of, like, uh, thinking that uh, this is this is actually possible and um, it will be like uh, it will be not possible. Um, and there is uh, also one point um, that I actually uh, got asked about uh, is that uh, when you like um, like uh, when you do like uh, when you design something and uh, you uh, you are actually the person uh, who will do the CSS. Uh, will you actually uh, design uh, like a more simple design, um, like to save time uh, and, and and maybe to make it easier for for you, or um, uh, will you uh, will will uh, or like will you actually forget that uh, you will you will uh, like uh, that you will uh, like code this in CSS? Um, so my mm-hmm. uh, like my answer to this um, is that. Uh, like when I'm designing something, uh, um, uh, let me say like um, like a web page, and uh, like I'm the person uh, who will do the CSS. Um, at uh, this stage, I like uh, like to forget that I actually do CSS because uh, you know uh, sometimes like uh, you want to have like a bit of challenges like um, like in your um, any, uh, like in your work or something. Yeah, I, I I think there's two sides of this, right? So the one is that in the past, those there has been a, a cycle of abuse, perhaps, right? Where designer comes to the table with these beautiful things and the front ender goes, I can't do that with CSS. It doesn't work that way. And then the designer goes, oh, I'll never do that again now. And then, you know, a year goes by and the front ender's like, remember that thing you did? We can totally do that now. And like yes. the designer hasn't done it in the meantime because they got scared off of that. So that's one side of the coin. Um, the other one, though, is that the design tools themselves are getting better, right? You're not having to do stuff in Photoshop or even Illustrator mm-hmm. anymore where it's maybe too much of a anything goes kind of canvas. Now, if you're able to use Figma or you know Sketch or, or whatever it might be, they're building limitations that are not the web, but closer and closer to it. And it's not WYSIWYG like heaven forbid it's not that mm-hmm. but there's high hopes that they will especially with container queries provide some easy tools so you just as a designer have the resizable outer container which i think is already in a lot of them mm-hmm. and your designs change appropriately you know you have a variable size font baked into there and so if you want that as a designer you can use it in your design tool that's for me the key is then the front enders don't have to tell you the software allows you. <laughs> yes, yes, I see that um, that this is actually a very good, good point. So, uh, like when you design in Figma or in Sketch, um, yes, like you will uh, you will have limitations, um, uh, which is actually very uh, which is actually very different. Like um, like if I'm put Photoshop, which is actually uh, is not like uh, like it's not a, like it's not uh, like a tool uh, for um, uh, uh, like such su- uh, like such things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think as well. 
like we're we're entering an age where all of these tools are breeding more tools. Uh, the one that always comes to mind, which people hate lately, or rather it is one of those things where it's gotten a little out of control, but I still love it, is Tailwind. Um, I'm interested in seeing what you think of Tailwind, but the reason I bring it up is because it is based very highly on top of extensive use of custom properties. Um, mm-hmm. And you know you have your configuration that populates this sort of top-level custom properties and allows you to trickle these colors down to various properties with... Mm-hmm you know, efficiency. But what, what, what's been your experience with it? Um, okay, so that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, so uh, for tel, uh, uh, like for Tailwind, I think that um, I have used it um, like uh, in, in like uh, a very quick uh, landing page. Um, and I, I, I remember that I built it in almost uh, two hours, which is which is actually will be maybe um, like a one full day, like if like if, um, if if like I want to write a custom CSS, but um, uh, like I don't think that uh, Tailwind CSS uh, is for, um, um, uh, like is for me at, at least because um, uh, you know like um, uh, like I like to uh, write custom CSS and uh, like I I like to have control. Um, um, uh, let me say um, uh, of like everything, and uh, the idea of like writing classes um, uh, like in the HTML. So um, I think that I I have shared, uh, like I shared something maybe uh, in the last month. Uh, so like I uh, so like I was um, I was I was like uh, like um, um, I think uh, uh, inspecting something, and uh, I noticed maybe over. Uh, 30 classes, um, like the half of them is for LTR and the other half is for uh, RTL. And um, uh, that actually idea is uh, using CSS classes uh, in the HTML, um, uh, like is very com- confusing um, because uh, um, uh, like, uh, let me say at some time, uh, you will actually uh, be con- confused of, of by um, like, uh, maybe uh, of uh, maybe recalling like what is this element is and what what like does it in, yeah. yeah I mean uh, it's like a very confusing thing yeah um, and and yeah. and actually when I mention that uh, to someone who um, who like uh, is using Tailwind uh, he will he will always say uh, um, uh, like uh, you can use a class and you can use the uh, at apply and I say that um, uh, yes, that um, uh, that that I I actually know that, but uh, I don't think that uh, this is a selling point for me. I again, I've I've totally drank the Kool Aid, so it's not that like I, I but I I do think that that is totally fine and and it's fair. I don't like sure. the this habit that people have of saying, ah, but maybe you're thinking of this, or maybe you forgot about this because you like the tool, you don't need to jump all over people that don't like the tool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's absolutely fine. And there's, of course, going to be arguments to sort of counteract. But I, I think the only thing I would say is that it is, it's better used with some frameworks where you, where you break things into components so that you have ease of recognition of repeating yes. patterns. If you're just doing stuff in basic HTML, that is overwhelming for sure. 
Yes, yes, like me. <laughs> I, love, I, love, me. I love, I love, I love that Ahmed has. Uh, is like a craftsman with his CSS, and he's like, and he's like, no, 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 no. I, I noticed as soon as you start, as soon as you said tailwind, he took yeah. a big deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked. I, I like, you know, I, I'm, I'm absolutely aware that it's, yeah, not the most popular so, opinion. And I think uh, there is uh, there is also one thing um, is that. Um, is that uh, I notice um, is like most uh, of the new CSS commands uh, will will actually jump uh, to Tailwind without actually learning uh, how CSS work. So uh, I don't think that um, um, like using C um, uh, like using CSS classes uh, is the best way to learn CSS because uh, when you uh, when you actually want uh, to work on something custom. Uh, you cannot uh, just maybe add a mp-2 or something like this. Uh, you uh, you actually have to know CSS. I mean, uh, you have uh, to use CSS or something. And um, I think there is also one point, um, which is like um, um, uh, like I don't have to wait uh, to use like a new C um, uh, like to use a new CSS feature because uh, you know. Um, mm. um, um, it's like uh, waiting uh, for the team, uh, uh, like to release uh, maybe um, uh, sure. let me see CSS a bit or something. So this is actually um, like one of the points that uh, that I, I um, that I also don't like about it. Yeah, and that's fair. And look, mm -hmm. people are also going to jump all over me for not counteracting, but I'm not going to do it. Um, one of the examples, though, and because I'm going to segue us now, one of the examples of things that maybe don't get implemented right away is uh, logical properties, um, which I think is another cool new thing that's coming to CSS. Um, um, brief intro for that is the idea of instead of writing, you know, border left, you write something else like border inside, is it? Uh, um, yes, so um, it will be like a border. Uh, so, uh, like a border left is actually a border uh, inline end. So it's like having uh, the start. Um, so in in like a LTR, we have the start on the right and we have the end uh, mm -hmm. on the left. So uh, when we say like border left is, um, it is actually like saying border inline left. So uh, when when we actually uh, use this, um, like it will flip uh, past on the direct direction uh, of the page. Nice, yeah. <laughs> nice. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, and it, the, you know, it's one of those things that's coming soon to to CSS, and it is brilliant. You know, and and that's that you don't have to clutter your code with the the custom properties trick, which is great. But because you you just say, hey, no, I want this to be at the start or the end of the the flow uh, you know as you're reading it and mm -hmm. that means it can whatever the browser says is the current reading direction it'll just kind of cascade down via these properties i think that is really cool um yes. and yeah uh, again you have a good explainer article kind of going through some of those uh, as well i think mm -hmm. right yes yes nice um last thing um, I want us to talk about, I guess, is your book. Um, can you just give us an overview of what is in there? Um, and like, you know, maybe why people should check it out. 
I haven't yet. So. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Short thing. So um, actually, the book. Uh, let me say, um, like, uh, it is focused, uh, like on, uh, like on the most uh, common CSS issues uh, that you will actually face, uh, like while, um, uh, like uh, while testing or, um, like why, um, uh, like. Uh, maybe like if you if you actually um, uh, uh, maybe want to break something uh, to test uh, uh, to test that if if it actually uh, will work or not. So um, if like uh, I want to break the book down, um, uh, the first thing um, is that uh, like I wrote that uh, um, an uh, an introduction about it. So um, and the second chapter is uh, actually. Uh, like about uh, CSS, um, uh, let me say types. So, uh, like in CSS, like we don't have um, uh, uh, like a clear way uh, to see like if uh, if something um, if something that uh, like uh, uh, like isn't working. And um, I think then uh, I went into uh, um, I went like uh, into uh, this. Uh, like uh, into dev tools and like how we can actually uh, use them and how we can actually uh, get benefit of them. And uh, mm-hmm. then we will like uh, uh, like work through uh, some of the most common CSS issues. Uh, I think uh, this ch- chapter alone is uh, almost uh, 200 uh, pages, so uh, like it's a very large one. Um, there are a lot of and then uh, there is actually uh, so uh, there is a chapter uh, on how to on uh, on like um, like how to break things so um, you will actually um, uh, sometimes like you need um, like to test uh, maybe a specific layout or a specific web page and uh, you want like to see like um, like how it uh, will 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 act for like if if we like adds um, uh, maybe a very long text or something, and then um, it's it's actually um, like about the browser um, um, uh, like uh, inconsistency, um, and that's uh, that's actually the the whole um, uh, uh, let me see outline of it. Um, and also one thing is that the book, um, it's, uh, it's like um, uh, for, uh, for uh, all levels. So uh, if you are an, um, uh, like, like if you have been writing it, uh, maybe CSS uh, for the last, ten, uh, like for, uh, for, for maybe the last 10, ten years, uh, it will still like uh, uh, maybe get you to know something. And uh, that's actually the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, I I think I think it's a great resource for the community. Um, I know based on your articles that it is well written. Um, I can't imagine you not putting the same quality and care into it as you have with your others. And they really are. I mean, your stuff is fantastic. So please Thank keep you. doing what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah it really Thank is. I'd, like, I'd I'd really like to echo that because um, like I've been reading like your articles, and I'm to be honest i'm staggered at the amount of articles like yeah. the amount of topics that you get through um like the consistent quality and it's just it staggers me to be honest that that you that you can find the time to to put so many articles out so really like 
kudos to you. Like really, really well done. Like keep it up. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you. All right. So we're getting a little bit towards the end of the show. Um, first, we though, we want to go through our segment, True Hero. In this segment, we like to highlight a few f- true front-end heroes that are working across the planet and to thank them for all that they do. Uh, this time around, um, you recommended for us a fellow named Brahmas Van Dam. Uh, he's at Twitter at Brahmas. Brahmas. Uh, will you tell us a bit about him and why you're recommending him for True Hero? Sure thing. Um, um, okay, so Bramos uh, actually covers um, a, a, like the latest CSS things uh, in like a very in like a very clear, clear way. Uh, so for uh, so for um, uh, uh, like for example, um, he covered uh, scroll linked animations, and he really went mm-hmm. deep into that topic. And uh, like I cannot uh, like recall um, like if someone has written on this. But uh, his work uh, on this topic is is like the best thing uh, because uh, he um, uh, he like uh, like uh, did a lot of demos and things like that. So um, and also beside this, um, uh, let me say that uh, I really like uh, the way that um, uh, uh, like he writes things. So um, like his blog uh, like will contain. Uh, let me say uh, some tips and tricks, and some um, uh, some also uh, like um, uh, let me say like uh, maybe uh, edge cases, and um, mm-hmm. that's actually uh, what what I really like about like his way um, uh, like uh, his way uh, like of writing things. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um... So we'll link in the show notes uh, as well. Check out his work. Um, and again, thank you for all that you do for the community. Thank um, you so much. Finally, good. Um, finally, uh, any proper hero is a well-rounded one. And so we'd like to share some simple musical audio picks. So Scott, what's the favorite thing you've been listening to lately? Catalan nursery rhymes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> my okay. My, uh, my kids have been listening to a lot of Catalan nursery rhymes, um, and I've found myself like suddenly singing along to them. But um, <laughs> the expat version of um, Mozart for babies, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, Cog, Cog, check it out. Cogol Trail Banya is like uh, is an amazing nursery rhyme. Um, okay. No, um, like actually, I've listened to virtually nothing new this month. Um, but I have gone back to my old favorite, Bob Dylan, and been listening to Blonde on Blonde uh, a few times. So I would recommend that if there is anyone in the world who has not heard Blonde on Blonde by Bob Dylan, then they should probably listen to it. So that would be my pick. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, Ahmad, what about you? Uh, okay, so for me, um, I, I listened uh, to the, uh, the Lara cast. Uh, podcast lately, and I really like uh, how like uh, it is. Uh, uh, it's like very short, um, uh, and um, and also uh, it's very focused. Nice, yeah, I think that's good. I mean, Laracast is it's a whole different topic. It's a little too backendy PHP stuff for yes. me, but it's good stuff. Uh, from my side, I'm going to go really crazy and also recommend a podcast but it's very heavily musical based and it's mm-hmm. called I only listen to the mountain goats. 
So there's a band called the Mountain Goats. Mm-hmm. There's another podcast called Welcome to Night Vale. And the host of Welcome to Night Vale interviews or hosts, co-hosts this podcast with the lead singer, writer, you know, of the Mountain Goats. And they just talk about one song at a time of one of the Mountain Goats early albums. And they bring on like guest performers to do covers like Andrew Bird or Amanda Palmer. And they talk with them about the sound and mixing. It's really, you'd think it would be like, super high arrogance on the the mountain goat good dude's part but it's not he's he's really down to earth he's really intellectual and smart and music's not for everyone i don't think like anyone would actually say i only listen to mountain goats but they'd be a weirdo if they did because it's weird music um but it's it's enjoyable i've been doing that on my walks and breaking down music like song exploder is pretty cool so shout out to them and now we're gonna go and listen to the mountain goats (laughs) you are yeah um I guess start with All Hail West Texas if you want, if I have to recommend one of their albums too. Um, It's a good place. Right. So it looks like that's all the time we have for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you should like Heart or Star Us in your podcatcher of choice. Reviews and ratings are how those fancy algorithms help people find our content and the power to help is within you. If you have any questions or topics you'd like covered in our next episode or guest you might think we would have a good time interviewing, send us a tweet at Heroes Front End and uh, we'll add it to our list. Until next time, heroes, remember, with great front-end power comes great responsibility. See you next time.